Good morning and welcome to Bring Calvary Chapel. If you guys don't know, our pastor's on vacation. So they gave the kid the keys to the church. So here we go. <laughs> ah, let's pray. Father God, thank you so, so very much for this day. Thank you for your word. Uh, just speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, God. Uh, just be over this whole sermon in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, if you want to turn to your Bibles to the book of James, the book of James, and then we're going to go in uh, chapter 1, verse 19, we're going to start off with. And I entitled this message, Christian Behavior. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, there's three points we're going to cover today for all you note takers. It's going to be how we should speak listening and doing and controlling the tongue. All right. Book of James, chapter 1, verse 19. James, the half-brother of Jesus, starts off in this. Verse 19, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Right off the bat, the best way to be slow to anger is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, he makes this point out. He says, human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Our anger can never, ever, ever accomplish what God wants it to do. Even if it seems justified, even if it feels justified, it says human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Um, I have down, my, my anger does not accomplish or produce God's righteousness. Um, when we react in the, fresh, the flesh, we cannot accomplish God's righteousness. Uh, and when we're angry, um, we need to do like the psalmist says. In Psalms 37, verse 7 and 8, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. He says it leads only to evil. He says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, that quick, quick to listen. We know we need to be still before the Lord. When we get upset, when something angers us, we need to be slow. We need to be quick to listen. We listen to what God has to say to us um, and then wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for the answers that he's going to give us and then we can react the way we need to. I know that for me, myself, um, I'm an angry kind of guy sometimes. Uh, back in my younger years, my anger only produced broken knuckles, broken walls. My dad can attest to all the holes in the door, you know. So my anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, and I need to be patient before him. Um, but um, God says in Ephesians 4.26, In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. That's Ephesians 4.26. Um, How is that possible? to be angry and not sin. Well, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. 
um, so we can produce that patience that the psalmist is talking about. Um, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, and self-control. We need to produce those. Um, he says that and um, he says that it does not produce the righteousness of God. When I think of that, I just think of the fruits and vegetables when we go to the grocery store. Last week I went to the grocery store got some fruit. It was rotten. It was rotten. I was very upset. Couldn't eat it. Um, we need to make sure that the fruit that we're producing is not rotten fruit that we're giving other people. Um, Proverbs 14, 29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered displays folly. I'm definitely uh, guilty of this numerous, numerous times. Even yesterday, you know, patience. You can't do it. Someone says, you know, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. You're going to have trials. Well, James says in chapter 1, you will have trials. You know, Jesus says in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, so with that being said, patience is almost everything. We have to, have to have patience if we're going to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to anger. Now, he says in verse 21, Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. If we humbly receive the word of God, we must rid ourselves from the filth of this world. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <sighs> Um, the only way to be transformed by the renewing of our minds is to receive the word of God. It says the implanted word. And when I think of the implanted word, I think of the parable of the sower. Um, when he's, he's sowing the seed, you know, and wh where is that, that word landing, you know, the, that implanted word? Is it in the rocks, the thorns, the thistles, or is it in that soil, that good soil um, of our hearts? Um, you probably heard, you are what you eat. If you're feasting on the word of God, it's easy, easier to rid ourselves of the moral filth that surrounds us. We must lay aside the rags of unrighteousness and put on the full armor of God. Every day we have to. There's just no other way, we can, uh, way around it. No other way around it. Um, so, continuing on in James, um, we're going to go through verse 22 now. Um, and he says in verse 22, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because anyone, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. The Bible is a mirror. And we can see into the Word of God. We see in the Word of God, it could show us ourselves. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, um, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Word of God is like a mirror in the sense that it will show you we may need to fix something. The Bible will show you the things you need to fix in your life. I don't know how many times I've been reading and reading and being like, wow, wow, that really, really touched me. I feel like I need to change that in my life. You know, like patience. 
quick patience. I have been patient lately. And you read this verse, oh, patience, be quick, quick uh, to, to listen, so to speak. And um, it's hard. So it's a mirror. It shows us a reflection of ourselves. But we have to make the necessary changes. We have to put in the work. It's not enough just to read the Bible. We have to be changed by and actually apply it to our lives. Um, Alan Iverson was always famous of the whole practice. What a practice? Oh, practice not a game. No, we have to practice the Word of God. We have to, when we read it, we need to apply it. Um, that's what James is telling us here. Um, what, is, what is it that God is showing you that you need to fix in your life today? What is it that God is showing you that you need to fix in your life today? Whatever he is showing you, it's for a reason. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I'd like to think that we're all here called according to God's purposes. So what is it? We have, we have to examine the word. We have to read into it. Listening and doing was a problem from the beginning. In the beginning, Adam and Eve did not listen and do. God said, don't eat the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did they do? They did not listen. If you have kids, you understand that listening and doing is a very, very challenging thing for them. Um, I have two boys, and uh, they don't like to listen and do. <laughs> you know, I tell them, hey, you know, you need to do this. If you do this, you get that. We don't always listen and do, you know. Sometimes they're quick to anger because they're not listening, they're not slow to speak. I say, hey, Jew, you know, you want to, you know, brush your teeth, then you can play the video game. Ah, I don't want to brush my teeth. I want to play the game. No, I, I said, if you brush your teeth, then you can play the video game. Ah, you don't want to listen, you know. So we have to listen and do what God tells us to do. Belief affects behavior. If we believe the Word of God, then we'll do what the Word of God says, point blank. Um, belief affects our behavior. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, are we doing what God is showing us to do? If not, we are only hearers. And what does James say about hearers? They deceive themselves. How many times have you listened to something, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, I listened to this cool diet, man. Got this cool keto diet. I'm listening to it. I got it. No, you have to do it. It's not good enough to just listen to what is being presented to you. You have to also apply it. Or you deceive yourselves. Um, makes me think about the religious leaders uh, in Jesus' day. Um, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, um, they, they thought they were holy because they talked a good talk and they walked a good walk. But at the end of the day, they were just deceived. They were, were deceived. Jesus said, you whitewashed tombs. Or, or, or was that John the Baptist? Regardless, they were whitewashed tombs. You know, they didn't, they, they were, the outside of the cup was clean, but the inside was filthiness. We have to make sure that we're not like them. Um, and in Isaiah uh, 29, uh, 3, let's see if I, I don't even know if I have that down. Let's turn to it. Isaiah 29, 3. Isaiah, where are you? Isaiah 29, 3. Here we go. Do like Pastor says. Say it three times. Everybody will get it then. Isaiah 29, 3. 13, I'm sorry. 29, 13. Whew. All right. He says, um, 
The Lord says, these people approach me with their speeches to honor me with their lip service, yet in that their hearts are far from me. A human rules, and human rules direct their worship of me. Their hearts are far from me. Um, when I read that, I was like, whoa, like, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. How many times have we been like, oh, yeah, God, I will do this, you know, I'm your man, I got you, gonna do it. It comes down to it, we don't do it, you know. Um, not that I say that always our hearts are far from God, but sometimes our actions speak louder than words. Um, so he goes on to say, but whoever looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it and not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Um, when we listen to God and do what he says, we're blessed. Sometimes it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it's like, ah, I don't really want to do that, God. I don't want to do that at all. But we're going to be blessed. Um, when God tells us to do something, it's for our own good, just like um, a parent to their child. Like, my kids, they wanted candy all day, all week, and it was hot. You can't have candy. You can't have candy for breakfast. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Go back to bed. Let's go back to bed. You know, you, you can't, you, you know. Um, but, you know. So, uh, James one twenty five. Um, he, he's, that, that was James 125, I'm sorry. So that, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it will be blessed in what they do. James 125. 20, God's law is perfect and sets us free from sin. Jesus says in John 8, 31 through 32, he says, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I remember that Jack Nicholson movie. You can't handle the truth. You know, <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Like sometimes, no, no, you're right. I can't handle the truth. <laughs> it's too much, man. Convicted me too much. You know, um, but he says, if you will hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word of God is constantly being implanted in our, our lives when we hear it, just like, like I said, the parable of the sower. Um, I want to turn to Matthew 13, and we're just going to look at that, the parable of the sower. For, you know, those who are kind of shaky on it, you know, let's just, let's just read it and see how Jesus explains it. So that's Matthew 13, and it's going to be verse 18. Matthew 13, 18 through 23. Yeah, we're cruising through, we're cruising through these pages today. We're going to be cruising. He says in Matthew, Jesus explains the parable of the sower. He says, so listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't, doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on the rocky ground is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When disaster or persecution comes because of the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and it, the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields some 
a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what has sown. So when we hear the word of God, we need to make sure that you know the worries of this life don't overtake what we hear. You know, we could be sitting in church and be listening to something where you know God's saying, you know, oh, I, I want you to be kind to others. You know, be generous. Um, you know, don't be drunk with wine, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, I got to get the cares of the world, man, it's summertime, man, it's barbecue season, you know. We have to, have to, you know, that, that's right there, boom, the cares of this world takes it away, you know. Every time that we hear the word of God, this parable in my mind, always, boom, oh, so, you know, Pastor Frank, Pastor's teaching, it's like, okay, where's this word, where's this implanted word being sown in my heart in my life? Is it going to produce anything, or is it just going to get snatched away the moment I leave, you know? The moment I leave, I'm like, ah, you know, he talked about anger. I got some beef that I need to grill up with some people today. We're not listening to that today, you know? Um, you know, it happens. We're human. We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven, um, but I just, I like that. I never thought about it this way until maybe a week or two ago, where I was like, oh, you know, every time I listen to this, you know, the, the scripture, I listen to a message in the car or whatever, you know, God's speaking to me, that word is being implanted, and, you know, what am I going to do with it? You know, like in basketball, it's like, pass me the rock, pass me the rock, you know, what are you going to do with it? Mm, you know, you might get the shot blocked, <laughs> you know. We don't want the devil to block our shot. We want to produce we want to produce. A lot of things in sports are like, what have you done for me lately type of thing, you know? Oh, you're not producing. Yeah, get him caught. You know, you had a bad day, you know? <laughs> you had a cold. Come on, man, you know? But, you know, when we hear the word of God, we need to make sure that we can apply it and we don't let the devil and the cares of this world t steal it from us. Because there's a lot of cares in this world. There's a lot of things going on. And um, it's hard, you know? It's hard. I, I have a hard time sometimes, you know? There's got a lot of cares. Got a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, you know, and especially in the world we're living in right now with politics and vaccines and this, that, and the third thing, you know, there's just a lot. There's a lot. So the Word of God is constant, constantly being planted in our lives, and we just need to apply it. When we hear the Word of God, where do we let the seed fall? Where do we let the seed fall? We have to study the Word. I know Pastor loves to say this verse, Acts 17.11. Acts 17.11 says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see, to, to see uh, the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now we know Paul, we're like, oh, yeah, if Paul says grill a steak for two minutes on one side. I'm going to listen to that dude, you know. So <laughs> the fact that they uh, examined, like, okay, Paul, what, what verse was that? You know, where, where was this at? Oh, oh, okay, you know, that's why we should approach, approach the word. Like, I would hope that you wouldn't take my word for it. You know, don't take my word for it. You need to examine the word and see what we're, we're saying is true. Because if we're not examining the word, then we don't know if false teachings come. And we don't know if um, something that we hear on the news we need to know. We need to be informed. We need to be informed because God gave us everything that we need to be informed. So we need to examine the scriptures. 
So I pose another question. Are we Bereans? I mean, yeah, I am Berean. I go to Berean Covenant Chapel. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you know. Now, are we Bereans? Are we studying the scriptures to see what we're listening to on the news, what we're seeing on Facebook, Instagram? Are we, seeing, are we, are we looking to see that everything that is coming across us is true? We need to know and be able to sift through the sand to see what's true. Um, I'm watching this show called uh, The Bering Sea, Gold... And, it, you know, when they're sifting the, sifting the dirt, ah, looking for the gold, you got the gold fever, you know. And that, so that's kind of how I, you know, examining the word, like, I gotta sift it, you gotta, gotta find it, you know, I gotta find, gotta find the truth, I gotta find the gold nuggets in here, you know. There's so much meat in the word of God that's just crazy, you know. You just read two verses and you're like, whoa, you know, I'm gonna be here all night, you know. <laughs> oh no, I gotta cancel my plans, you know, I got two verses to go over for three hours, you know. Um, I find what helps me the most when I'm struggling to, you know, apply the word or, you know, just want to see what it says. I find that commentaries help me just understand passages differently and just uh, you can just find a different um, viewpoint that you may not have thought of um, originally. When I first was uh, saved, um, that's what I did. I, I went to the concordances and I went through my commentaries and I was like, whoa. I didn't even think about that. Like, I'm not that smart of a guy. You know, I just graduated high school. I told my dad, I was like, hey, dad, I'm graduating high school. He was like, you? <laughs> they let you graduate? Whoa, you know? Congratulations, you duped them, <laughs> you know? Um, so sometimes I need, a, I need the extra help, you know? I, you know, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I did not go to Bible school. <laughs> you know, so I don't understand everything. So sometimes reading commentaries is a good way to, you know, examine the scriptures and just find out, you know, okay, I, get, I understand it a little bit better than, you know, I did before. I wasn't thinking in that way, but now that, you know, Matthew Henry, Spurgeon, you know, got on the line, Oswald, you know, they brought something out different. Um, continue on with listening and doing. In 1 Samuel 15, uh, Samuel told Saul he needed to destroy the Amalekites. And uh, what did Saul do? He was supposed to destroy them, destroy all their goods, everything. Everything. But he decided that he wasn't going to do that. He decided that he was going to keep the best for himself um, and his men, and he kept the king alive. And Samuel said to him, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than than sacrifice. Um, God wants us to obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Uh, so one question you can ask yourself when you're reading, you know, is what, you know, what is this passage trying to say and how can I apply it? That's what I used and that's what I, I do sometimes when I'm reading this Oh, you know, how can I apply this to my life and to my day? I'm doing my daily devotions. I'm driving, you know, driving to work, you know, you know, oh, you know, be slow, slow to speak, you know, slow to be angry, get to work, you know, someone, you know, cuts down your dock work, like, ah, <laughs> I didn't listen, you know. So how do you apply what the passages you were reading are saying so that you can do what it is saying and what God wants you to do? Because overall, once you do what, God wants you to do, you're going to grow as a Christian. So now we're going to move down to verse 26 in James chapter 1. We're going to move down to 
verse 26. And that's going to bring me to my third point, is taming the tongue. It says in verse 26, If anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, just like God's word is a mirror, um, the words we speak are a reflection of our hearts. The words we speak are a reflection of our hearts. Um, so what do the things that we say say about us? You know, like if someone from your job was to come by and be like, oh, you know, how's your Joe Rock and Roll? Oh, Joe Rock and Roll, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wouldn't let him come around my grandma. You know, <laughs> you know, so we need to, you know, what, are, what are the things, you know, what are we saying? You know, do the things, what do the things we say say about us? Um, if you're telling people at work and in your daily life that you're a Christian, but the words you speak contradict, um, contradict that, how can you expect to make converts? How can you expect people to um, want to become a Christian? There's a lot of people out there, ah, I want to become a Christian because there's a bunch of hypocrites. You know, that, that comes from, you know, taming our tongue. We, it's not always about cursing and swearing, but what are we saying? Are we always negative? You know, like, are, are we killing people with our words, like bullets? Oh, you know, we, we have to be cognizant of the words that we're speaking because we're supposed to reflect Jesus. Um, if Jesus was being mocked and ridiculed and people just lying about him on a daily basis, and he said nothing. He didn't say anything. He didn't, there was nothing that he said that was, he didn't revolt back. You know, he didn't get mad at them and, you know, well, let me tell you, you know, yeah, I, I am the son of God. And, you know, no, no, he didn't do that. He, he just was like, okay, you know, we need to act like Jesus in everything that we do, and especially how we speak, because, you know, we speak about things and we say things, and you can't take those things back. You know, people say, sticks and stones, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, words stick and words hurt. Um, and the words can also come from a computer screen, you know. Even if you don't say them, you can't take them back. You know, you're, you're typing, you're a keyboard gangster, you know, you know, just <laughs> you need to be careful what you say because, you know, how many times have you seen on TV, well, I didn't really mean it that way, you know, it came off wrong, you know. We have to be careful just, just because we represent Jesus. And if we represent Jesus, then the things we're, we say are under a mirror. People are under a, under a microscope. Like, oh, you know, he says he's a Christian. We'll see how he's going to act. You know, we, we're going to glue his lunchbox shut. We'll see what happens, you know. <laughs> you know, um, just, that's just how it is. Um, Pastor Dave Gerzak, he put it this way. He said, your walk with God is useless if, you, if it does not translate into the way you live and the way you treat others. Many are deceived in their own heart regarding the reality of their walk with God. I'm going to read that again. Your walk with God is useless if it does not translate in the way you live and the way you treat others. Many are deceived in their own heart regarding the reality of their walk with God. I, when I read that, I just was like, whoa. Almost blew my socks off. You know, that was like, oh man, you know. It has to translate 
the way we live and with the way we treat others, you know. Um, the things we say, the things we do, you know, it just has to. And that's what he says, you know, you know, orphans and widows, it's be a good person. We help those that are helpless, you know. People recognize that. People notice. People, I remember doing guitar lessons, and my guitar, my guitar teacher was the man. The dude, you know, shreds and everything, and I was like, man, I got to get as good as him, and I, I can't, you know. But, and he wasn't, he wasn't a Christian or anything, but my mom, she was such a great witness that when he uh, had some hard times coming to his life, he was like, oh, can you please pray for me? I know you, you go to church, you know. Oh, man, my mom. She was such a great witness, you know, and uh, people recognize that. You know, people might be revilers and, you know, just cussing and fussing, but then when the, when the rubber meets the road, when they know that there's something they can't get out of and there's a situation too big, you know, I got the big one, man, I got, you know, I got cancer, you know, I got this, that, will you please pray for me, man, I know I've been clowning you this whole time, man, but I know you're a Christian and I know, I know you talk to God, can you talk to, you know, can you put a good word in for me, you know, you know, people recognize that, so, you know, you know don't give up, you know, keep praying, keep acting, the way Jesus wants us to act, because it's going to come to some good fruit. And even if it doesn't, that's what God asks us to do, you know. It all comes down to listening and doing. Um, Jesus said, go out, to, uh, go out to the world and make disciples, or no, he said, go to the, out and make disciples of the world, and how can we do that if the things that we say don't show, don't show the love of Jesus? He said, go out into the world and make disciples of all the world. And how can we do those things if we don't show the love of Jesus? We have to show the love of Jesus, especially now. The times that we live in, it is crazy to show the love of Jesus. I can't even watch the news. I can't even look at CNY Central, Syracuse.com. It makes me mad. I, oh, I just <laughs> drop a nuke on them. <laughs> I'm sick of these people, man. <laughs> Making me mad out here. <laughs> just trying to, you know go to church and work and play video games, you know, jeez, <laughs> you know, like, man, but we have to show the love of Jesus, that's what we're here for, we didn't get just saved just to go shoot up to heaven, you know, you got saved so we can make a difference, and even if you don't make a difference that you think to anybody else, you're making a difference in people's lives that you may not even, not even find out till you get to heaven, you know, never, you would never know, you know, just something you might do, um, Sometimes we make mistakes, and we need to confess and repent, you know. Um, I've definitely had to do it at work. I've definitely flown off the handle. I've definitely been like, oh, you know, my words, you know, my words are crazy. You know, sometimes you just get mad. And I've, always, I've had to apologize to coworkers, and I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, oh, I hate being wrong. I hate it. That's my wife. I hate being wrong. I like being right. Because when I'm right, I'm like, yeah, I feel good about myself, man. I'm right. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I had to. I had to. Rep I had to have to repent sometimes to coworkers. Hey, man, you know, I'm a Christian, and uh, I didn't act really ideally. And um, please forgive me. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I can't. I can't be doing that. You know, I, I can't act like that. And they might be like, Psh, send. What you do, man? Now you told me you gave me the business. You know, you told me whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You mean, feel bad about yourself. Whatever. But that's how we need to act. You know, if we sin and we know and God is convicting us, we need to, you know, repent and repent to the person that we, we sinned against. Uh, the Bible says 
though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. And that's in Proverbs 24, 16, for all you Bible scholars out there that are taking notes. <laughs> um, Proverbs 24, 16. Though a, a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. Um, it doesn't matter. We're not perfect. Um, and God doesn't expect us to be. We're going to be perfect in heaven, but we're not there yet. So, you know, if we sin against somebody, you know, just confess and repent to God and to them. You know, um, it's not my might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Zechariah 4, 6, Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Um, God will help us, but we first have to want it. Got to want it. You know, it's with anything. You know, diet. Yeah, you know, you're playing a sport, you gotta want it, or it really doesn't do you any good. Um, we have to read our Bibles, and we have to apply what we're reading, and we have to pray and seek God's guidance for our lives. I heard someone say, give your life to God, he can do more with it than you can. Give your life to God, he can do more with it than you can. Today, um, I know most of us out here, we're, you know, we're, we're right with God, but anyone who listening, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I encourage you to surrender your life to him today because, you know, you may realize, you know, I'm backsliding like crazy, man. I'm full backslide, you know. We get, you can get things back on track with Jesus. He's not here yet. He, the rapture hasn't happened yet, so you can get things back on track with him, you know. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today is the day of salvation. Live your life like you will see Jesus today, because one day you will. Live your life like you will see Jesus today, because one day you will. Jesus stands at the door of your heart, and he is knocking. Will you let him in? In conclusion, we learned today that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We learned that the Bible is a mirror, and we need to practice what the Word of God tells us, and we need to control the things we say in our life, um, or the things that we, in our life, uh, that we claim about Jesus means nothing to the people around us. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your Word. Uh, I just ask that people will just grant this Word that you've placed and just apply it. Help us to apply the words that you've given us, God. I ask that you would just help us um, be slow, slow to anger and just quick to listen to you, God. God, I just ask that you keep everyone safe. I ask that you would just help us control our tongues this week as we go um, and just be with our, our friends and our families and everyone that is unsaved that we know so that we can just spread the light and produce good fruit for them. In Jesus' name, amen.